Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Oh, yes, indeed. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Hour two, lunchtime, bean time, top of the hour, middle of the day. Uh, middle of the thermometer, how about that? Yes, indeed. We've got some temperatures that are getting comfortable, aided by the sun. Uh, those of you sun worshipers that are outdoor working in the yard, take me along with your headphones any way that you'd like to take me along, or your smartphones on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey application. You can download that on the app, oh, excuse me, on the Apple Store or other places, or just uh, listen to KMOX.com. We're with you as you go through your life, your day, and your responsibilities. Phone lines are open for you. Hour two of the KMOX Home Improvement Show, 314-436-7900, That puts us together. Any questions you have, answers, favorite products, uh, any of the do-it-yourself projects you have ahead of you, uh, certainly I am willing to help any way possible to advance your home and make your life a little bit better. Uh, my father started training me when I was about four or five years old. Um, you know, as I remember leaving my tools out in the yard because kids just don't pick stuff up, all that sort of thing. Lo and behold, when it was time for me to, um, in the tradesman world, I was raised to be a tradesman. I am a pretty good carpenter, although uh, not as good as I want. So the older I get, the better I wasn't. Yeah, and one of those few things, uh, I get on a Mosby job site and I watch our carpenters and the tools they use and the pace and the banter and the confidence that's exhibited. Like, holy smoke, I have no business touching these tools anymore, even though I know how. Uh, frankly, um, you want to get a bunch of people's attention at Mosby. If I move in trying to help, then they're really worried. And it's interesting because if you get into it from my kind of seat, uh, workman's compensation is uh, a an insurance program for uh, workers injured on the job. You get down into the uh, work comp rates or how likely you are to be a problem. Uh, uh, leaders and managers who are not often on the job site are considered a pretty substantial risk. I mean, it's not not more than a carpenter is. But for example, if I'm not around that work all the time, the injury rates reflect that. So, um, you know, there was a time when I was active enough on the job, in the job, doing the work. And sometimes, occasionally, I'll be there on steadying ladders, on setting some of these substantial beams where just one more hand of steadying is great. But I'm, I'm stunned that how... Um, my actual abilities are, how my body is equipped to handle or not handle some of this work uh, reflects into how my coworkers uh, interact with me like, oh man, we're in trouble now. Scott's trying to help. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, we'd be better off if you just stay down here and make sure the beam, you know, doesn't uh, scuff the wall or something. And And then you get into the business end of it. Lo and behold, these workman compensation rates rate people that are occasionally on the job as a much higher risk, you know, than you think somebody who's in the office all the time, low risk, you know, they're not going to get hurt. Well, you know, then you have those that go to the uh, job sites occasionally. Uh, it's not just a few cents more on their um, work comp insurance rates, you know, per hour. 
it's a bunch because the risk goes up substantially. And that does parallel my experience on the job and how we actually, uh, um, uh, how I interact with a Mosby Building Arts job site. I love to get out there, uh, love to see the guys, love to see the owners, like to see the work we do um, because I'm oftentimes involved in the front end on envisioning, uh, designing, uh, figuring out with the customer what it's going to look like, what they want it to look like, what the choices are about uh, anyway. And then I don't see the finished product. I see some great photographs. But uh, anyway, I I enjoy that a lot. Uh, My name is Scott Mosby. If you haven't figured it out, I own Mosby Building Arts. Uh, We are in our 75th year. Actually, um, yeah, we're we're sneaking around our 75th. We're three quarters of a century old, founded by my father in 1947, Sam Mosby. And it was... uh, uh, it was a need-based thing where he just thought that that communication and, um, um, believe it or not, trade training, you know, just trade skills, tradesmen, carpentry skills could be better trained in the industry and, and took off and started doing it himself. So we have opens, uh, open phone lines here, 314-436-7900, 436-7900. And the topic this hour is whatever you want it to be, we might be talking about some pretty cold things coming in uh, because indeed uh, I would like for you to do what I call a walkabout. Um, this is a little bit triggered by Mike Miller's Garden Hotline show uh, on every Saturday morning. I, I, I'm a fan of Mike's and, and follow his show and the walkabout. Uh, take a look around your house. You'll have costs. The weather's so nice it's compelling today. Likely go out and take a walk, get out and around outside, do something. Uh, but take a look at your house. Look at the roof. Look at the chimney. Make sure the gutters look the way you think they should. There's nothing growing out of them. There's not a big stick or branch or tree limb laying on your roof. Oh, those are the things that you and I as consumers are responsible for. Just check. Be aware. You know, it's kind of like, well, do I have any aches and pains today? Nope. Well, then I I don't need a special trip to the doctor. Uh, So then as you come down, look at the windows, the window screens, the frames around the outside, even the paint. Sometimes you can start getting some chip and peeling paint this time of year because the water soaks into those building materials and they don't dry out at these temperatures, 10, 20, 30 degrees Fahrenheit. They they just don't dry out. Uh, So keep aware around those things, your downspouts as it comes down, especially your window and door locks and weather strip and whether they can operate. Oftentimes, we don't really open and close a a door or window to check it. These are the times that matter because if there's a fire, if there's an occurrence, there's something in your home, uh, you need to get out that window, you need to get out that door. So make sure things operate the way they are. Uh, Likewise, we are in late January. We're into the cold part of the winter here in St. Louis. Be aware that your garage doors, those overhead doors, uh, may need a little bit of extra service, lubrication. Uh, Service calls are a little more plentiful this time of year because sometimes the concrete floor, the actual garage floor, that concrete slab, because of deep freezing temperature, the soil underneath freezes, expands, pushes up, and that slab comes up about eighth of an inch. Well, that's enough for the garage door to freak out and say, uh-oh, something's in the way, emergency, reverse, up it goes. Now you can't get your garage door closed. For those of you that are in that situation, you need to close that garage door. Oftentimes, the door operators today, if you hold down on the button and you hold the button depressed, 
to make it close, it will force, it will override that emergency reverse. Uh, so it will, the door will close all the way down. Make sure you take your finger off the button when the door gets to the bottom. Uh, likewise, for those of you that lose power, and we do lose power this time of year and have in the last you know, few months, a little more than we thought, be aware that some of these garage doors openers have small battery backups so that if your house loses power, you can still open your garage door and get out and around in your car. And uh, sometimes uh, we at Mosby Building Arts make sure, you know, we know some of our customers that a little bit older live by themselves. We go out and make sure they can open their garage door and drive around and warm up in some of those things as we, uh, you know, lose power. So anyway, it takes a community sometimes. 314-436-7900-800. Well, nope, no longer the... That's cause of habit. 314-436-7900. Give me a call. We'll talk about it. You're up next here on Camwex. I'll be back after this. Wow, Mick Jagger, little Rolling Stones. And wow, check me out here. Watch this. Watch this. Here's my moonwalk. What? What? No, no. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about that full work? Uh, what? Radio. Oh, never mind. We're going back to the non-visual audio part of radio. Hey, let's get going on the uh, the uh, phone lines and get going with uh, uh, the first one. Let's talk to my buddy Jeff. Hey, Jeff Scott Mosby. Good afternoon. Welcome to lunchtime on KMOX. How can I help? Uh, hi, Scott. I had a question in regards to uh, replacement windows. I hear all these companies that want to do these offers. You know, buy two get two. Mm-hmm. And I have like 22 windows I have to replace, and I'm okay. just trying to figure out what would be my best option or company maybe to go for with something like this. Uh, what kind of windows are most common in your neighborhood, Jeff? What, what uh, material? Well, they're all the vinyl clad, I guess, windows, mm-hmm. Some, you know, the double pane, I guess. Uh, I did replace one, which is... With the double pane where it lifts up and down, I guess that's mm-hmm. what they call those. Yeah, but yeah. They're, mine are all single pane in the other rooms. But I'm I'm getting drafts. They're original windows, yeah. probably builder contract when I built the house like 22 years ago. So um, I I didn't get the best windows at the time. Sure. So sure. I was wanting to replace them for energy efficiency. Well, uh, replacement windows. Uh, th- who puts them in and how it gets installed really counts because there's a lot of area around the outside of the frame and insulation, how the window gets flashed as to whether it contributes to window leaks or sill leaks down into the wall cavity below, things like that. So make sure that you're putting enough attention on who exactly is installing the windows uh, because oftentimes windows, siding, and roofing is sold by a salesperson and then it's subcontracted out to another company that installs the roof, that puts in the windows, that puts in the doors, whatever it is. So it's important for maintenance, warranty, uh, and protecting the warranty of the manufacturer that these were all installed correctly. So that's the most common error that I see consumers making is they buy the window that uh, displays and demonstrates the best for a lot of features. Well, frankly, pretty much everybody selling windows has all those features anyway. Uh, so because the 
biggest thing that hit windows in the last 30 years has been NASA and the reflective coatings that are now standard on window glasses and insulated glasses and all that sort of thing. So when you get into that, you're almost into the features of the window itself. Um, And this is like choosing the brand of a car. You know, I want a Chevrolet. It's a great car, good, affordable, good features, reliable, you know, to the Ford and and up you go into the luxury lines. The point is, is what kind of features do you want in the window? Uh, and, And some of those things are that in the standard windows or the standard offering, I'll call it, where everybody's selling the same kind of thing and, and the demonstrations will look very similar. Uh, you know, with a heat lamp and a mirror and how much heat comes through. the well, All the glass does that stuff, frankly. Okay. So then you get into how easily do the windows actually operate because the one thing that I've discovered over the last 10 years is this ever higher drive to higher energy efficiency, more efficient U ratings or universal ratings of the windows sometimes make that weather stripping very reliable, very tight, and very hard to open. Because if you've got really tight, uh, energy-efficient window weather strip, that makes that sash hard to move, whether it's a sliding door, sliding window, double-hung window, sliding up or down, uh, all that stuff. So as far as uh, choosing windows, you're largely choosing what company you want to be in partnership with for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And you'll see that in terms of um, how they support. So that's a big deal. Um, they're, they're buying good windows today is pretty easy because the manufacturers don't offer much junk. Uh, okay. Buying the services surrounding that that supported it, it's like a dealer and a brand of car. Well, you know, what do you want? You know, you, you, you get whatever you pay for. So it's, it's those surrounding things. Who do you really trust to be in business in 20 years to help you through that warranty? That's the company you're choosing. You're choosing the company first and the window second because, frankly, it's, it's kind of tough to buy a junk window nowadays. They just aren't, you know, they're not, the offerings just aren't there. Oh, okay. Now, well, that's good news to hear then. Uh, and then I had one more question. Uh, one of my children had purchased a new home, and it was an existing home built about 60 years ago. And some of the wiring in the house mm-hmm. is all still two receptacle outlets. Yeah. Yeah. And is that something that we should be concerned about, upgrading that wiring, that it's that old? It looks like it's the, the cloth-wrapped insulated yeah, wire going throughout the house yeah and i'm just i have concerns because it was like an older elderly person that had the house first and mm-hmm. now you got some younger people in there they're going to have more gadgets and gadgets and yeah more electricity going through it so i i just was curious and concerned about fires and things of that nature Great question. We handle that at Mosby. That's part of a small or large remodel project. Either way, um, do not be afraid of two-prong electrical outlets. Um, The Romex basically is an older version of the same stuff we use today. Now, typically our Romex, yours, you know, is is cloth-wrapped. Ours is now vinyl-wrapped, and it has a third ground wire in it. Um, so uh, what's more important on a house 50 years old is the devices are usually all worn out, the switches, 
the plug duplexes in the wall sometimes um, you know the plugs literally just fall out of the wall I would invest in getting new devices installed and that means new two-prong devices not with the third ground because if you put in a grounded plug on a two-wire system that has no third ground it's akin to electrical fraud you it looks like a duck it walks like a duck but it won't protect you when you when you really need it uh, there are things that electricians can take you through that are like arc fault um, protectors. They're like a GFCI, but they go into bedrooms. There are a lot of ways to make that house pretty reliably uh, um, uh, performance-based and safe. It, it's already safe. The, the biggest problem is loose plugs the causing arcing at the outlets or light switches that just don't work anymore uh, it's pricey because the house could have 50 60 devices you know and it takes time to go in and check that wiring and you know do all that stuff then when you have telephones or televisions i mean and computers where you need a three-prong grounded outlet that's where we just add a new electrical circuit with the proper wiring the proper plug and device and all and safety that goes with refrigerators um you know hair dryers bathrooms things like that where you really do need the ground fault those are important additions to the two-prong but you know i mean if you look at a new television today you buy a new whiz bang tv it's generally mm-hmm. a two-prong plug Okay. You know, so, so just be aware, don't, uh, we, we often, a lot of people say, I want to tear out all the electric in the house. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. No, you're throwing away $30,000 at good value, you know, okay. so, all right. yeah, just go with it. You're accountable to make everything ship shape and no time better than now to change and upgrade those devices. And they're too, they're hard to find. So if you go to the hardware store and you look for a standard, uh, duplex you know plug two two plugs in the wall where you plug stuff in standard one's 89 cents a two-prong one is probably three dollars and 89 cents you need to get the right rare (laughs) yeah they're yeah they're rare Uh, we don't sell a gazillion of them we sell you know a hundred of them so what about those little adapters you can put on uh, like a coffee maker where it's a three-prong and you can put it in a two-prong where are those acceptable for something Mm -hmm. of that nature no, that's a fooler. That's that's electrical fraud. There is no third prong grounding, you know, unless okay. you go all the way back and your house just happens to have conduit, electrical metal conduit, where it's really metal and that will provide the ground. But even that doesn't comply with today's grounding requirements because okay. uh, you, if you want problems around the home electronically, play around with a faulty ground and, you, you'll man, that's okay, crazy. Okay, so then... The person that sold this house to them may have done a disservice when they put in ground fault outlets where in the kitchen in the bathroom. No, those are okay. Oh, yeah, those, those are, are okay. Yeah, oh, because those would they be okay. Okay. Yeah, because if if there's any kind of a flow through that third thing, it will shut down the circuit and that ground fault. Uh, no, those typically need to be properly installed. Likely are. Because they're usually an inspected thing and tested thing, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, electrician the, put them in. But I just didn't. Yeah. But it just said they're 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 not grounded. There's a little sticker on there that said not not grounded. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. All right then. So, well, that that kind of makes the the wife and I a little less worried about fires and things like that going on. So the wiring is good. It just needs to probably have all the receptacles and light switches. 
eventually yeah. changed out by professionals so that they're up yes. to code and work a lot better than what they did 60 years ago. Yes, and the professional, there's what's called reverse polarity because if you have the, the ground in, on one side and the hot on the, right, on the correct side and it all works good, if you get them backwards, that device will still work. But all of your um, electronics need that to happen. So you may have an electrician come back and say, look, I found reverse polarity on a lot of these circuits. I need to pull these things all apart just to find out. It's worth the time. Go ahead and pay them to do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you for your time. All right. Great, great question. Show. Great question, Jeff. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Bye now. Uh, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. We're take a short pause and come back for more after this on University of KMOX. Oh, yeah. Okay. No moonwalk. I promise I'll behave. None of the antics and actions that go on here with me sitting by myself in a room alone looking outside at the beautiful weather. Uh, oh, anyway. Let's fire up the phone lines and talk to my buddy, Huey. Hey, Huey, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX, and how can I help you this fine Saturday? Hi, Scott. It is beautiful outside. Um, I have a 1950-ish Cape Cod that we bought a couple of years ago, and as part of the purchase, they put in a new roof and a ridge vent, which I appreciated, but then I noticed the, uh, the soffits were all closed up. So in our Cape Cod, we have a living space on the second floor, so I tried to open up the soffit and put some soffit vents uh, to kind of get that cold attic thing going. But I noticed yeah. it's just really drafty feeling now. Is it? I don't have much attic space besides the living space. Is it worth it to keep it a a hot at, uh, excuse me a cold kind of attic, or would it be better just to seal it all back up so it won't be as drafty? Oh man, you're in deep now, brother. <laughs> yes, here we go. I am. <laughs> well, uh, it, it is a choice. Uh, technically, the attic is outside of the thermal envelope and should be. If it is that drafty when you open up your soffit vents properly, uh, then it's important that you have baffles up there which uh, make sure the air runs above the insulation and that the insulation packs down over and on top of your exterior walls. What is indicated to me by your comments is that most of the wires coming down from the attic, out of the attic, down into your walls for electrical outlets and switches, the pipes place, all those things, are likely unsealed. So now that you have more wind whistling and blowing through your attic, you now have wind and uh, air blowing through your house. So that indicates that it is not a separate sealed uh, attic floor or ceiling secure. So uh, I would suggest if you're uh, really uh, doing this right, you're probably eventually heading for adding more insulation in the attic one day. Are, are you heading towards something like that eventually? Well, I, I totally get what you're saying. So we have a very small knee wall attic, and I actually tried to do all the air sealing oh, uh, with yeah. uh, foam. and yeah. It, but there, there are parts like under the dormer that I just can't reach. And so yeah. I... I I know what you're saying. Like I, I probably will have air leaks. So I just wonder. Yeah. Uh, the old owners probably sealed up the soffits for that reason. Do I should I go back to that and just seal everything back up? With, yeah, 
Yeah, some of those attics are just, and this is this is a technological limitation. Just the way the house was designed and built, you can't get to the cold attic. You can, uh, and, and the advisable thing is yes, do it. The comfortable thing is now you can't really stop that. So I, I understand why the previous owners did what they did. You're still accountable for comfort. Uh, what I would pay attention to up in the attic, and what it's really about is uh, drying out the air in the attic so that it gets to vent and escape efficiently and when you get those dormers and all those those are those uh, those are unfortunate um you know but yeah i understand exactly what you're trying to do you may wind up going back to closing up those vents and and limiting the amount of air whistling through that attic because uh it does in def it does definitely drop the temperature of the attic which is a good thing from ice dams and all that thing but you've got to have really you know bomb proof effective air sealing and insulation to get the benefits out of that and wind up with a comfortable house I, i'm tracking there right with you way so, uh, yeah, put them back together. I think I'm. I'm I don't in often. There, so there is no airflow. Yeah, yeah, or less airflow. Make sure that you've got some air change in there. But if you've got a ridge vent in there, you're going to let most everything out anyway. I, I do understand what you're saying. It's unfortunate, but you know, I, uh, there's a good argument to be made. And and frankly, knowing when and how to break the rules is part of the art in this whole thing. Uh, you know, yes, you should, and no, you won't. Can I ask you a, a very quick uh, separate question, please? Would sure. that be okay? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to fix up the exterior of my portico, uh-huh. and right now it's a aluminum-wrapped the fascia is, and the, 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 the wrapping looks pretty terrible. So I was thinking about removing the aluminum wrap and then r- removing the old fascia board and just putting P- PC, PVC board in there instead. Is that okay to do? Is there a reason not to do that? Oh sure, yeah. Either way, it's really the um, the metal wrap that you're talking about is brake metal, B R A K E. We bend it on a big metal bending brake tool, so that's a description of the tool called brake metal, and that really just covers up all the ugliness. So if you're going to do it with a PVC, the other side you have to paint the PVC. The PVC is not ultraviolet, you know, light stable, so you have to put a coat of paint. So you're effectively putting a non-wood wrapping around there and then painting it. Uh, so that's the advantage that the brake metal, the aluminum pre-finished metal has. Once you caulk it, you really don't have to mess with it anymore. But yes, you okay. have a very... And, and the PVC, the wood trim, sometimes just looks, you know, a lot better, frankly. I'm sorry, did you say the PVC looks fine? Or you mean like the... Should I just go with the wood? Oh, well, when you're putting PVC in there, it's it's the same as putting wood in because both need to be painted. Got it, got it. Okay. But you're but saying the PVC, PVC would look better than the aluminum. Yeah, because it looks like a, a wood thing. I mean, it, it, you know, sometimes wood trim just looks better. Uh, yes, sometimes building materials that look like they took more effort, like a crown molder base trim or something like that, that's where some of the art is like, boy, that's a good-looking window, you know, and it's because yeah, it's yeah, not absolutely. the typical, you know, bent-up metal thing, you know. Yeah, which I don't like, you know. Okay, thank you, Scott. Yeah. You've answered two great questions. Appreciate it. Right on, way. Good luck, brother. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, and the PVC um, that Hui is talking about, uh, there are products now, and you, you see them at the home centers and the hardware stores, or, or be aware they're available. Um, and we use PVC very common where we might have a uh, a wood siding, you know, a true wood siding or something that comes all the way down to uh, near the ground. 
Well, near the ground are some really nice planter boxes and irrigation systems, and they're just going to get more wet and less wind is going to get there, so they're more prone to rot. So the paint can fall off. Sometimes we use a 1 by 12 PVC board. It looks, it's white and it's polyvinyl chloride. It's plastic through and through, and that's what Hui is talking about. So it's not going to rot. The paint may fall off of it just like paint, just like paint falls off of wood, but you don't have that rot issue. So sometimes we use uh, fascia boards down low. We put a drip edge out of the same PVC material. Then we start our wood siding up higher, you know, kind of out of harm's way above the irrigation, above the high humidity, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, that's what he's talking about is a wood looking trim around the window uh, as opposed to the bent uh, pre-finished aluminum we call brake metal, B-R-A-K-E, which is a description of that bending tool used in the industry. Um, but it's it's synonymous with a metal trim that is very common around uh, vinyl windows and uh, uh, many replacement windows. It's a good-looking product. We use a lot of it at Mosby. We use a ton of that stuff, the, the PVC trim as well, just to miss the rotting point. But the PVC product is about three times the cost of a board of wood, of lumber. So you have to, you know, and this is one of those things when I got into the conversation about kitchen sinks, kitchen faucets, appliances, you know, know where you want to put your premium money because some of those things matter to you, some of them don't. Maybe a kitchen faucet doesn't matter to you at all, but making sure that your outside siding or trim doesn't rot, you know, like way around his windows, I'm going to use PVC. I don't need to, but, you know, I know I'm done. So those are the things of consumers making judgment and value decisions where their extra money goes uh, versus something that doesn't matter to them. Well, I'm going to take a short pause and come back for more here on University of CAMWEX. Thank you for joining me here. I'm enjoying this. I always enjoy my Saturdays on CAMWEX. Hopefully you do too. When we come back, we'll get back to the phone lines and we'll get going and uh, talk to my friend Lydia right after this break here on CAMWEX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, indeed. We are in the last few minutes of the Hour 2 KMOX. Stay tuned here on KMOX. Good afternoon. Uh, 1 o'clock after the Home Improvement Show, your retirement professionals. 1 o'clock, your retirement professionals. 2 o'clock, the business of family business. Uh, one of my favorite shows on KMOX. I, I just like, well, I'm a business guy, so I like hearing about the stories. Uh, and frankly, I think uh, a big sense of history of our city, of our community, county, suburbs, urban, all of it is uh, wrapped up in a lot of these family businesses. I'm involved in a family business. And frankly, how those local um, tribes, uh, businesses, teams, whatever, how they contribute to the local community um, is extraordinary. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I, I take a sense. It's kind of like KMOX, you know. KMOX is a notable radio station. Uh, they take that very seriously, and we at KMOX invest deeply back into the community on all sorts of levels. So you know, I, I like that anyway. So I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a cheap date when it comes to the business of family business. I like listening to that show. All right, as promised, we're going to get to my buddy Lydia here. Hey, Lydia, good afternoon. Welcome to CAMWEX. Thanks for my uh, delayed uh, uh, verbalizations, and uh, how can I help you? Oh, 
we have a 35-year-old house, and we are planning on changing vanities to adult height. And uh, for the uh, countertops and the sink, uh, which material would be reasonably priced and uh, not need very much maintenance? On the countertops? Yes. Um, well, golly, uh, almost all of them. It depends on the sink you choose. Uh, that's a big deal, Lydia. Uh, if the sink is an undermount sink, and what that means is you just take the water and you slide your hand over the countertop, there's no ridge, there's no curb, there's no bump, there's no metal transition. It goes right into the sink. If you're under Mount Sink, and it's it's the preferred method, uh, for mm-hmm. example, if you buy a stone or an onyx or a material that has no wood core, you can put an undermount sink or a cast-in sink, and they're very, very easy to care for. You just wipe everything into the sink, you know, you dry off the countertop, and you're good to go. Um, if you have a drop-in sink, that means that you put your countertop in of, of a Formica, laminate, onyx, stone, whatever you want, and then you cut a hole in the sink and you drop the sink in and you caulk it to the top. You can no longer run your hand right into the sink because you run into that raised ridge of the sink bowl installation. Yeah. Uh, if, if you use a drop-in sink, you can use any kind of countertop you know wood core laminate formica of which there are literally thousands of finishes and colors uh, i like drop-in sinks uh, because i I'm, i love maintenance but i don't like spending a whole lot of time on it so for me it's a low maintenance um, but the only restriction you have on this lydia is really whether you have an undermount sink or a drop-in sink okay so the onyx is a pretty good material Oh yeah, yeah. You put that stuff underwater for two hundred years; it's not going to rot, you know. And you know, so that's why I like the onyx. I like the stones. I like some of the man-mades, and and I I love the natural stone materials too. I, I don't do much for um, jewelry, but I do like stones. So I've got some <laughs> nice-looking countertops, and nothing on my on my wrist or my fingers. But by golly, we're going to have some nice-looking tops. <laughs> okay. And, you know, because when I was checking, they said that marble is not uh, popular anymore. Marble's higher maintenance. Marble, I mean, marble is gorgeous. I mean, there's a reason marble is marble. And, and, you know, some of the masters of artwork were made out of marble. Marble is gorgeous, but it is porous. It will stain. So that's why marble has been displaced. So you get a lot of these onyx things, Lydia, that the manufacturers, they're trying to make it look like marble, Mm -hmm. but they they can't quite get there because Mother Nature just can't be beat. You know, (laughs) marble's marble. Yeah. Uh, So, yes, you can do marble. It's just higher maintenance because it is a more porous material. And say you put down a red um, uh, bottle of uh, shampoo and it sits there for a day. You might have a red circle on your marble countertop. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, I, as I can imagine, quartz is quite expensive, right? uh, Well, real quartz, there's quartz. 
you get into your laminate countertops, which is a, a particle board with a plastic laminate on it. Pretty affordable, lots of choices. Then you get into the man-made onyx, which is a man-made material poured into slabs. It's much lower maintenance. It's about twice the price of a, of a laminate standard countertop. Uh, then you get into some of the stones, and in the stones, and the reason I'm going into this, there is a, a real onyx countertop, which is jewelry based. It just gorgeous. And this is the man, the this is Mother Nature made out of the mountain onyx. Uh, right. That stuff is the most expensive. And it, in my mind, it's the most beautiful. It just, you know, dropped that gorgeous stuff. Okay. <laughs> Can't help myself. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. All right, good luck. And and I promise you, um, if you go to stone uh, houses and looking for all this, if it can be a lot of fun because you never had any idea how much how beautiful Mother Nature could be and how many choices there are. All of yeah. once you get into those solid surfaces, man-made or other, uh, other than when you get into the marble issues, you know you're in the luxury end, and they perform very very well. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks again. Okay, Lydia. Happy hunting. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. And, and there we go. Tip my hand a little bit more. So uh, I, I mean. M- my career for many, many years was going shopping with people. It's one of the things we at Mosby do that's a little bit different because uh, at that moment of decision, um, you know, you may have a good budget, but if you pick the wrong product, you don't really get all of the value that your money might deserve, like that little decision on marble. And we put marble in a lot of times because if it's a powder room and the bathroom is not often used, you know, it's like, well, I want marble and I want it on my guest uh, powder room and and I'm willing to pay for it. Okay, just be aware that when you have a guest, before you go to bed at night, go in and wipe the countertops, make sure that they didn't leave any whatever on that marble countertop, whatever it is, real marble. Um, So that, then you get into the other issues of man-made, and that's the reason the man-made products have become so plentiful, um, because we ship raw materials to the United States. We make these products in the U.S. They're very energy intensive, and we ship them shorter distances than cutting them out of a mountain in real stone over in Italy or oftentimes now China. So we're literally cutting the mountain apart, spending a boatload of money literally to get the stuff over the ocean to us here, and then we fabricate them out of slab form into these beautiful things. Anyway, uh, I am a fan of Mother Nature, and I have for years gone shopping with our clients and loved it. And, you know, you have to kind of keep your budget in check. Sometimes it's like, ooh, that's the one. It's like, okay, so now if we're putting that much into the countertop, we either need to abbreviate the budget, we need lesser budget on the counter, on the kitchen cabinets maybe, or we need a lesser, oh, no, 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 we don't want to do, okay, we need a bigger budget. Well, you know, for those that can, the budget grows, but you're making a conscious decision of what matters to you, whether you'd rather have the money or that product, and it's a trade-off. So those are the consumer decisions that I described that are so important that um, that one of the problems uh, or omissions in uh, our remodeling industry is not having a deep, full, and uh, candid conversation about product selections. 
uh, because, um, y- you know, uh, we've had people that say, I want a marble shower. And it's like, okay, uh, go buy the marble and we'll put it in. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Because there are some marble strains that you can put in a shower, and there are many, many, most of them don't belong in a shower because they're so porous that the water will soak into that tile that tile shower, get behind the wall, and it takes a lot of awareness, uh, consumer awareness and education that, yes, you can do this product, but it comes with higher risk than if you pick this other one. That's why porcelain is getting so popular in tiles and such and other products because the porcelain and the uh, man-made onyx industries like the cambria and the uh, stones that are man-made they have so much less maintenance Uh, granted they're kind of a muted color palette they're not as beautiful as real marble anyway long and the short of it stay tuned here on camwax my name is scott mosby thank you for taking this to our journey with me on the university of camwax i i I love the station i love my saturdays and and thank you i love you as a a great great uh listening audience and and worthy to show up and help you however i can uh if you're inclined uh please give my company a call mosby building arts 314-909-1800-909-1800 We've been at it for 75 years, and we'll be at it another 75 years long after I'm gone. Stay tuned. Next up is your retirement professionals right here on KMOX.